Hey there, you're listening to We Just Like to Talk. I'm your host, Becky. And I'm Kara. This is a podcast for easy listening about hard subjects. Today's topic is... Two Crafty Cunts. Becky, would you consider yourself to be a crafty cunt? 1,000%, Miss Cara. That's what I I thought when I came up with this title (laughs) for this episode, because we are going to talk about crafting, about the idea of making things mostly with your hands, although I suppose you don't technically have to be crafting with your hands. And, And, you know, I liked the title both for its alliteration and for the fact that you you enjoy reclaiming this word as something that's not a slur. Um, And also because I think sometimes we devalue crafting, especially when women do it. Mm. Um, There's been a surge lately in people uh, taking on crafting as like a side hustle or even as their main hustle, right? And there's a lot of women these days who are trying to make, uh, make a living out of crafting, which is great. But I think mm-hmm. historically, we have looked down on, uh, you know, crafting as women's work. Uh, you know, it's this hobby that housewives would do, or it's this practical skill that you would learn so you could mend your husband's clothes or whatever. So I, I really like not just women uh, turning crafting into a financial thing, but mm-hmm. I, I just I enjoy that. Lately, it feels like we're really getting back into embracing crafting as a spiritually fulfilling practice for people of all genders. Mm. Yeah, I I love that. And I, I also think it's interesting, like how we define crafting, like, right, like, and I think there's like different words for it as well. DIY, right. being crafty. Art. And well, what, where, yeah, what's the, the boundary between art and craft? Mm. Right? Like, I don't know that I would call my knitting, which mm-hmm. is my main craft and what I'll spend the most time talking about today. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd call that art per se, um, mm-hmm. but somebody else who knits might, depending on what they're knitting and how, how they feel about it. So I think that there's a lot of overlap, there's a lot of blurry lines in liminal spaces. Yeah. You know, you, you just said, you consider yourself crafty, whereas, like, I don't, or at least I never would have thought of myself as as that way when I was younger, mm-hmm. you know, because I was always, like, nose in a book, very intellectual kid. Um, my brother was the one who was always very hands-on, and that was kind of, you know, these were the stereotypes of our lives for pretty much our entire lives. And, you know, I, I took one art class in high school in grade nine, and I did fine, but art was never really my thing. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like I have always been a writer. And so I, I guess I would also count writing as one of my crafts, even though mm-hmm. the ways in which I write these days are quite different from how I, I wrote when I was younger. But, you know, I, so maybe it's not accurate to say that I'm not a crafty person. And 
I, I certainly don't want to gatekeep and I don't want to have that fixed mindset of like, well, either you have creative talent or you don't. I just, mm-hmm. everybody has the potential within them to be crafty, but maybe you just haven't found the craft that's right for you. Or maybe you just haven't had the time and the luxury of discovering that about yourself yet. Yeah, I've always said everyone has some sort of creativity slash craftiness in them as well. And Mm -hmm. I don't think it's limited to a certain type of person or you've had to have some sort of education or lots of workshops that you've attended. I think too, when I think of craft or crafting, I think it's, to me, it's so broad and I think it can just be any sort of creative expression. And sometimes like the way I like to think of it is you are using some sort of material to like sculpt and sculpt some sort of, I don't know, not, not expression, but you're sort of sculpting something into existence. And I use sculpting like very loosely. Yeah, you're creating something with your hands. That's what's so valuable is it connects you as a human being to the physical world in, in a way that is, we're becoming increasingly disconnected because of how much time we spend on screens and devices and how you know, often we're required to spend time away from the people we love or our jobs and things. So I, th- I think there's something very healing about craft. Very, very healing. I would like to go back though a bit to the past and talk about you know some of the some of the crafts that I did as a kid and, and like and likewise I want to I want to hear from your perspective as well but I just feel like because as kids we have so much free time mm-hmm. it allows us to really explore different types of crafts and, and it gives us that ability conscious about it right like when yeah. you were a kid, you don't care what your painting looks like or, yep. you know, you make macaroni art, whatever. And like, it's uh, all about the journey. It yeah, doesn't matter about the end result. Messy. And yep. then at some point in our adolescent or adult life, we're told that everything we make has to have value mm-hmm. and we can't make mistakes, you know, and we shouldn't make a mess. And so I think a lot of us, not all of us, but I think a lot of us, um, we lose that spark um of permission of giving ourselves permission to just get messy and and you know uh craft for the sake of creating so i agree with you like there's something about th- th- that's part of the magic of childhood right is like kids are always doing crafts and kids love crafts it's like it because it, again yeah. it, it taps into this primitive you know primate part of our brains and um yeah, we don't grow out of it per se, but we, as we grow up, I think sometimes we talk ourselves out of um, the uninhibitedness that we feel uh, as kids. It's so true. I remember, I think it was maybe just out of university or during university, I was just doing some random paintings and I would say like 80 to 85% of them came out really well and I was very satisfied with that. And also I enjoy painting because it brings me into this nice state of flow. So it wasn't just like I was painting something just for, you know, somebody's approval or because of the end result, but it's like everything just kind of lined up. And then I was like, wow, look what I created. This is amazing. But I remember there were a couple of paintings that I did that, you know, I did this 
I remember one in particular. I did this sunset behind the sleeping giant and it sounds nice, but the end result, I was like, oh, this looks like a 10 year old did this. And, you know, (laughs) not in a good way either of like, wow, look at their creative expression. It was kind of just like "Mm, the colors didn't blend really well or. You know, it was like if you had been five years old when you did that and it looked like a 10 year old did it, that would be great. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm like, you know, 25 and looks like a 10 year old did it. So I just remember being like, okay, so what that this painting didn't turn out? I actually kept it and I think it's still at my parents somewhere. It's like in the back of a closet or something. And it's like, I think it's also nice to have pieces that you're not super proud of just to kind of say like, hey, I did this thing. It didn't quite turn out, but I still had fun along the way. I think I still have the very first thing I ever knitted. Mm. Um, What was it? It was a hat. Oh, Uh, it doesn't look like a hat. I use it all the time in my first day slideshow with my students. I say, this is the very first thing I knit. And I'm like, does anybody want to guess what it is? What do you think? You know, and then if somebody if somebody tries to guess, I'm like, good guess. Sometimes they get it right. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is my way of testing to see who's going to tell me the truth because it's ugly. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. a good looking hat. And then I use that as kind of like a way of demonstrating to them, like, this is what I can do now. And I show them some more recent stuff. And they're like, oh, wow, like, that's really good because it is. The progress. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you that it's nice to have, you know, these artifacts of when we didn't quite get it right. What else did you enjoy um, in terms of crafts when you were a kid? Oh, okay. So <sighs> there are these kits and it's from this brand called Klutz. K-L-U-T-Z. Sponsor us. Yeah, sponsor us. That would be so dope. And they they just had like a variety of of kits. They could be like drawing exercises or like make your own lip gloss, sew stuffies or like make things out of clay, right? Um, and I just, I remember, I think they sold them at Indigo. My mom would pick them up every once in a while. And it's like my sister and I would just plop them open and we we would have fun we'd make them I, I remember too there are these like beaded keychains I feel like that was a big like 90s early 2000s thing like you can make um like let's say alligators out of a beaded keychain and something that I absolutely loved and like even today if you gave me a clay pot I'd be like yes I want to paint something on this like freestyle you know just like the regular clay pots you can get anywhere let's say at like a greenhouse my mom would just pick some up for us like small ones or medium-sized ones and Mm -hmm. my sister and I would just go to town and we draw like sunflowers or the moon and the stars or we would just have so much fun and and my mom would use them around the house we would give them to friends it's just, I don't know, it's just like a nice kind of summer activity. And I guess that's yeah. like another thing too with crafting, I feel like, is some crafts are more seasonal than others. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think about like, um, you know, painting Easter eggs, making Christmas decorations. Mm, yep. And I, sp- I remember spending, there were several summers we did this, like, I don't know if you ever did this. It was like summer in the parks. It's like you could yeah. climb up. Yeah. And you'd like go to a park like I think it was every day of the week for like two weeks or something. And Mm -hmm. 
there'd be these uh, employees there who'd take care of you and you'd get to do a mix of like active stuff. We also did some crafting. I remember making like tie-dye t-shirts one year. Ooh, that's fun. Yeah, I, I definitely did, you know, a lot of crafting, mostly in school, I think. Yeah. But for me, like I said, it was really writing. Like I was writing from a very young age. Wow. Um, I've always been a reader and that just led me into writing. And I, I have a very vivid memory. I must have been in grade five or six, like really young. Mm-hmm. I was already like working on longer stories because I had this like spiral bound notebook with a red cover. And <laughs> I remember writing in it a story about Thunder Bay getting invaded by aliens. And <laughs> it was kind of reminiscent of War of the Worlds, I think. And yeah. like, I don't remember too much about the story, but like, even back then, right, mm-hmm. um, I recognized within myself that this was how my creativity manifests. And I enjoyed writing as much as like I did the hands-on, like uh, kitschy crafting stuff. And eh, th- th- those things just, even when I was a kid, I was super serious a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't like messes and I don't like getting dirty. And, you know, I think that's that's the same with me today. It's just like, you know, yes, I will. I will try new crafts. I'm totally open to trying new stuff, but it's also just mm-hmm. kind of like I'm mostly going to try it for the new experience and maybe to like spend time with you know, like you. Like if you ever want to try a different type of craft and there's room for me in the class and I'm available, I'll come with you. But that's because I want to have that experience with my friend. Mm-hmm. And it's it's probably unlikely that I'm going to take up like I don't know silk screen printing or something. Just because I don't want to clean up the mess, like the material, like that to me, you know, back when we worked at the art gallery together and we saw like all this art and we had the art, like we had to clean up after those art classes. Right. And I'm just like, yes. I hope it was so worth messy. it, you kids. Yes. Like, yes. You know, like I, I don't <laughs> dispute the value of arts and crafts, both as a therapeutic thing, as a creative expression. Like I love arts and crafts, but just like, come on. I know. I know. I, I have my moments where where it's like if like after I'm done painting and I, you know, I have paint all over my hands or on my on my elbow for some reason or up my forearm, it's sometimes it's satisfying. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like, but it's more <laughs> that I'm just I, I'm I was so happy with the whole process. And I'm like, I don't care how messy I got. Right. But then, yeah, there are other times where I'm like, oh, this is so annoying. So I have to get it out from under my nails and now it's like staining everything and I'm like ah this is so annoying yeah, you <laughs> anytime you work with glitter right it's just like uh, you're gonna find glitter everywhere for, for like a month yeah, yeah. Shall I tell you and our listeners how I got into knitting? Yes, please. Okay, so cast yourself back 10 years ago, January 2012. I was in my final year of university, uh, what Mm -hmm. we call teacher's college, because back then you only had to do one year to become a teacher. And uh, this was the same day that Lakehead University was having its career fair for education. And that's the same day that I decided I was going to go teach in English. So this was a very eventful day. And um, prior to that, one of my friends in the program, uh, Katie, shout out to Katie, uh, she is a knitter and she brought her knitting into class sometimes and would knit during our lectures. 
or it breaks. And I had seen that and I chatted with her about it and we got along. And at one point I just remember she just kind of offered to teach me how to knit. She's like, would you like to learn? And I thought about it and I said, yes, which was uncharacteristic of me because as we established, I never really thought of myself as somebody who would do something like that. But I said, yes, I took a chance. Just like I decided to say yes to applying to go to England. And what was your thinking, though, of, of saying yes? Were you just like, ah, like I might as well, or? So long ago, it's hard to remember, but I yeah. think, I, honestly, I think I was just ready. I think I was just open to it. Sounds like you were just open that whole day, really. Yes. Well, she she had made the offer a while before, but we just, we decided we were going to go to the job fair together, and then we'd go to like Michael's and pick up the knitting stuff, and she'd wow. teach me. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like there are, there's just moments in your life where an, an opportunity comes along and you just say yes to it, right? And yeah. you don't always know consciously why you're doing it, but you do. And it changes the entire course <laughs> of your life. And I said yes to two things that day that changed my whole life. So uh, good for me. I, I'm pretty good at making I love those that. decisions, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. So I started knitting. Like we said earlier, I made a hat for my first project. It was terrible because I was not good at it. <laughs> And as I always tell my students, like, if I had decided at that point that I didn't enjoy knitting, I could have yeah. quit. And there's yeah. no shame in quitting something that you don't like doing. Um, but I did like knitting. I discovered that it actually was really helpful because it gave me something to do with my hands and keep me occupied while I was watching TV and movies. So I uh, I just kept kept on it. And I decided, what I did was, Every time I started a new project, I looked for a knitting pattern that would help me work on a specific technique. Because I think something that's really important for us to remember when we're learning something like a craft is you don't get good all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, It helps if you break your craft down into skills and techniques and you work on each one, you know, or a couple at a time. And over time, you will get better. And so now I have been knitting for 10 years. I can't believe had, it's been that long. Yes. And if you had asked me 10 years ago when I first started this uh, or told me that I would be knitting, you know, some of the projects that I've made, I I would be so shocked. Like I, yeah. I could not have told you that I'd be where I am now. Like I've done hats and scarves and, you know, socks, but like I made a double-sided uh, blanket depicting like a winter like skiing scene yeah as a wedding present for a friend so proud of that um i've made skirts for myself which has been a very affirming experience as a trans woman Mm -hmm. um i've made stuffed animals and you know i'm i I made a another blanket i out of like a hundred squares uh for my ride or die. I'm making a beekeeper's quilt out of hexi puffs <laughs> for you. It's going to take me a couple of years to get there, but like what, that's what? the thing about knitting, right? Is it's an investment of your time, but it's so yeah. worth it. And I, I am honestly just so proud of myself for all of these things that I've accomplished. And that's why, like, on my Instagram account, I don't put. Po- I just post about knitting because I just I just want to share mm-hmm. the positivity of these are things I've created with my hands and. You know, I have this archive now of all these things that I've made and I can scroll back through it and be like, look at this record of, of everything I've made. And, and you know, I, I 
I'm generally a modest person, but I'm not going to be modest here. I'm very happy with what I've done. I have seen the progress and I mean, I absolutely love the stuff that you knit. You've made me slippers and scarves and mittens and they're always such good quality. I love the fabric that you pick out and I love the colors. I, yeah, I'm honestly, I'm proud of you and I'm also very impressed as well. So keep up that knitting. So speaking of like, let's say crafts that we've started. Adults, yeah. Yeah, come to as adults. Uh, I started needle felting and I just found the, I found the original email that I sent Amy from Olives and Bananas. And at the time she, she didn't have the store. She was, Mm -hmm. she was doing it mostly from her home and I have no idea. I think, oh yeah, I was, I was going to say, I have no idea how I heard about her, but I'm pretty sure it was through the art gallery. Yeah. She did classes. And I remember coming in after one and, and seeing what she made and and what they were working on. And it was like these birds. And I was like, wow, these are really cool. And they're so detailed. They're so small. I was like, yeah, I'm interested. So this was my first ever email to her, November 12th, 2016. I said, hi, Amy, me and a friend are interested in doing a needle felting class. I'm wondering if you offer any. Also, how much would it be? Thanks, Rebecca. It's just so it's I'm laughing because it's so short and it's like, you know, I'm giving no context about myself, but whatever. I just wanted to know. So that's fair. But yeah, so I did a little it was like a chickadee needle felting class at her place and it was in her gazebo type area, which was absolutely gorgeous. I remember it was like big snowflakes coming down and it was like three, three and a half hours because, you know, she she was literally teaching you, okay, like, like these are the fabrics that you're using. Like, you're using wool. Like, these are the different mm-hmm. types of wool. These are the different types of needles. Like, make sure to put on the leather uh, finger protective gloves because otherwise, if you stab yourself, it hurts like hell. And it's like, oh, yeah, like, I won't be stabbing myself. And it's like, of course, you know, it's yeah. even today, like, I will accidentally <laughs> prick myself and I'm like, ow! <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, the, she the things we do for our craft, right? I know, absolutely. And I just had so much fun, and I loved like it was a nice combination of you're learning something new, you're feeling like you're in the zone, you're with you're amongst other people who are also learning too. I mm-hmm. think that's really nice as well as when you can be like with a small community of of other crafters or other people like willing to to learn something new with you definitely helps because then you you know you're not comparing yourself to the expert that's teaching you right I think there's something nice there's something nice in that and yeah I've been I've been needle felting ever since I mean I don't do it all the time but I think it's very soothing and I get so much out of it when I do and I love how you apply your needle felting skills because you do it in so many different ways you've made you know little like creatures you've made entire mm-hmm. scenes I think you did a fairy garden at one point yeah and but you also like make magnets and I've received some cards for you that have little needle felting <laughs> flowers on them like I just I love 
how you take this skill that you like to do and you find different ways of uh, different media for, for expressing it. And I think it's really cool. Mm, thank you. Yeah, it's it's just so much fun to to explore and to try out new things. See See what comes of it. See if you like it. And if not, move on to something else. I know we've discussed this before on the podcast, but mm-hmm. have you ever had people come up to you and be like, oh, you know, you're so good at that. Have you ever thought about like selling it? Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> okay. I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast, but there was a point in time when I was making cards like crazy and I was like, oh, you know, I could sell these, like, you know, sell them for like $5 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, at, I did at one point and it, it did go fairly well, but and it was like don't 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 get me wrong, it was fun at the time because I was young and you know I was probably oh like fifteen or maybe sixteen or I don't know, but yeah, it, it was like a fun kind of hobby slash side hustle, and then I just remember getting to a point I was like, nah, I don't I don't enjoy doing this as like. I enjoy it more for the craft and as a hobby than I do exactly. making money, right? And absolutely, um, we people need have hobbies. said that to me. Yeah, yeah we, we need hobbies where we're not feeling obligated to produce, you know, and, and labor for money, right? Like that's yes. what I love about my knitting is it is one of the few things in my life that is totally disconnected from my work. I learned knitting for me. I didn't learn it for anybody else. I didn't do it for anybody else. I make things for other people and that brings me joy. But like mm-hmm. the act of knitting is something that I do for me. Props to anybody whose crafting is part of their um, side hustle or their main hustle. Yeah. Like I'm not judging you for that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just, I, I do wish that our society mm-hmm. stopped treating that like a compliment of, of like, oh, like you're so good. You can make money off this. Like mm-hmm. how about a, how about you just say you're so good? Like, stop the sentence there. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's, I think it's incredible if, if people can can turn it into that if that's what they want and that's what they choose to do. And, but I also think that when you do choose something like that as your career, that you can still get easily exhausted because you're producing, mm-hmm. producing, producing, and you're you know, you need to be in a state of feeling inspired and being in the flow. And it's like, that's also not easy. And then you have to deal with the business side of things. So I think it's a double-edged sword of, yeah, it's it's great if that's what you love to do day in and day out. But I would be careful with how much it's sucking up my energy. And then, as you've said too, if you're using that as your income, your career, then what are you using as your hobby and your like your you know your not your escapism but what are you doing to relax yeah mm-hmm. yeah it kind of reminds me too of I was listening to Ryan Holiday's stillness is the key and he was saying you know pretty much what you said as well you can't do leisure for money and you can't do leisure to impress people you have to do it for yourself and I was like Ooh, damn I like yeah, right? I was like, oh, that's so good. And that's how I feel about crafting. Like, I'm not here to impress anyone with it. 
it's me that has to enjoy like the process and like the even the final product like yeah I could still make something for a friend of course but I still have to be happy with like what how I spent that time and what I did and and what I made as well I mean yeah I I was totally self-conscious the first few times I made things for for people but you know it, it is about like getting to a point where you feel confident enough in your skills that you um are proud of what you're making not just because you made it but because it's something that you feel like you can give to somebody else and they will actually use and enjoy um and not just you know hide away in their closet until you come to visit and then they pull it out and dust it off and put it in a really (laughs) conspicuous spot that yeah yeah that kind of reminds me of when i've had people ask or you know want to commission me for a painting and i that's something that i could never do because painting for me i have to feel inspired and it has to just come out of this you know crafty artistic part of my brain and energy so it's not even like yeah you could ask spontaneous yeah it's it's fun yeah exactly like because the moment that i feel like i quote unquote need to paint something is when it's like oh like all the inspiration Mm. is just like kind of sucked out of me and it's yeah it's very strange but it's I could never be a painter for that reason because I could I would just be I mean I would paint things that I like but I don't know if other people would like (laughs) them I don't know if it's necessarily the same for felting for me like if somebody asked me to felt something I probably could easily do it and maybe it would be yeah not the same as painting but interesting yeah yeah it's interesting how different crafts kind of resonate with us in different ways um what's in the future for you with crafting are there certain crafts that you'd like to try for the first time is there something that you've tried in the past that you'd like to revisit or get better at what do you want to do oh i love this question um i think a couple of things that come to mind they're just like in the queue for me um i've had this macrame uh plant hanger kit oh it's embarrassing i've had it for a while like three or four years and i've just always like yeah i mean that's true it's like i'm you know i'm always like okay i just need like two (laughs) hours to kind of figure this out because i i've honestly i've never done macrame before and she has instructions of course but it's it's one of those things where if you've never done it you're people do it yeah, you want to see people do it, and I'll probably watch like a tutorial or, or two. Can so, I, can I tell you something embarrassing? Yeah, always. Don't, don't it's just us, right? Like nobody else. Don't. Tell <laughs> uh, when I was younger, and when I say younger, I'm not talking about a kid. Like when I was younger as an adult. Yeah. I thought macrame was just a <laughs> fancy word for macaroni art. <laughs> That is so, so cute. I love that. I I was many years into working at the Thunder Bay Art Gallery before I realized that when people were saying macrame, they were talking about something very different from macaroni art. <laughs> that is that is so cute. I, I I mean I mean they have like they have similar, you know similar words and similar letters so it's like i can see how you would think that 
Plus, like, I feel like probably at the time macrame wasn't this big, as big of a thing as it is now. So that's fair. <laughs> I think that's so cute. Yeah. And then, like, two other things that I would like to do is this earring holder. So it's basically just like a piece of plywood. It's like a rectangle piece of plywood and there are holes in it. And I just want to paint, like, I just want it to be a gold diagonal strip okay. down so I, I need to paint part of it and then I also need to attach a, a piece of like leather string so that I can hang it mm. but I mean that's not like it's not like a difficult thing because the most difficult thing was putting the holes in which shout out to my friend Scott <laughs> did that <laughs> I like to outsource some of the stuff that I can't do so that's like an easier one and then something that I got around Christmas time and it was so funny because I was like oh, I have all this time off. I'm going to do lots of crafting. I mean, I did a bit of crafting, but um, I ordered, it's called the Curious Creator Kit and it's from an artist. Her name's Felicia Murray. So she's a fiber artist in uh, Portland and she's amazing. So she has these kits and basically it's this hoop um, that you can just fill with a bunch of different materials. So it comes with like wool and sequins and beads and she has like an instruction video on, on her site. So I think that's just one of those things where I want to feel in the zone and inspired. Like I don't just want to pick it up in a rush and yeah. be like, okay, I need to do this thing. It's like, no, I want to feel good about it. And I don't care if I, you know, don't do it in the next couple of weeks, but something that's that I would like to do eventually. And what about you, Miss Cara? I'm sure you have uh, some crafts and some projects that you're looking forward to to doing? Yeah. Um, well, when it comes to other types of crafts, you know, people often ask me, they're like, oh, do you crochet as well? Or do you plan to learn how to crochet? And I'm just like, no. You know, I, I know a lot of other fiber artists who can like knit and crochet and they spin their wool and you know, all these things. And I'm just, I'm not a generalist in that way. I'm a specialist. I like knitting. And um, I'm not saying I'll never try any of those things, but if I were to, it would probably be as a one-off. Like I said, I'm open to other crafting experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I'm pretty satisfied with the role that knitting has in my life. And I, I just don't really think I have the time to bring other crafts in. You know, it would kind of like dilute the time that I spend on my knitting. And uh, I also... I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being uh, satisfied where you are at with your mm -hmm. crafting. I think that sometimes we can get caught up in this idea that we always have to be learning and growing. And I've never made a sweater. And honestly, if, if I never make a sweater, that's okay. If I've kind of plateaued in terms of what I make as a knitter, that's okay mm -hmm. to me. Like as long as it's a satisfying activity, I think that's what matters. But I got to say, and, and you heard it here first, and we can come back in a year and see if I succeeded at this. <laughs> this might be the year that I make somebody a sweater. <gasps> oh, my you know? gosh. I feel like I definitely have the skills for it. Honestly, it's just it's the amount of yarn involved. It's very expensive. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's the the being nervous that I'm not going to make it the sizing right and then. Also, it, depending on what sweater I choose to knit, I hate seaming things together. But I'd have to do that with different blanket patterns and stuff anyway. So, okay, you know, it is what it is. 
And I'm not sure if I'm going to try doing like a sweater for myself first, just to see how it goes and then do a sweater for Amanda. But mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, so I, I'm setting myself this maybe goal. I'm not saying definitely, but I'm saying, you know, it's on my radar. Mm, well, I cannot wait to see this maybe sweater this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you can do it, obviously. And... Oh, I believe I can do it. But yeah. I, yes, thank you for the support. I believe I can do it. It's just a matter of kind of like doing it. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's not, it's definitely not a small project. So yeah. Yeah. I also, honestly, I've looked at some patterns. I, I kind of want to knit myself like a dress. Ooh. Um, again, like the only would it be like a long sleeve dress or no? I think it'd be like a cami, like a tank dress, um, out of like a like a cotton or linens, like nice and light. But uh, honestly, the only thing stopping me is I'm such a tall bitch that that's a again that's a lot of yarn. That's a lot of knitting. You know, this the skirts I've made myself (laughs) were. A couple months in the making, just in terms yeah. of you gotta go, you gotta go around and around and around, and it's like it gets boring. Yeah, like I understand why people loom knit because when you're trying to make like a larger garment, and like if if I don't have like I often choose a complex pattern because I want something that stimulates my brain, and just knitting back and forth doesn't do that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, again, not saying never. I'm saying maybe. I'm saying, you know, we'll get to it when we get to it. But it's on my radar. I've been looking at some dress patterns on Ravelry. Now I'm just picturing you knitting. I don't know why it's it's gray for some reason, but it's like it's long sleeve gray wool. Maybe. And it's like down to the floor. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> sound bad. Like it, I you can want picture me to make, it. Do, are you asking me to knit you a snuggie? Is that what you want, Rebecca? <laughs> snuggy no we're too bougie for that i love that so becky uh if anybody wants to share their creative crafting journey with us how can they get in touch so what car is saying is if you're also a crafty cunt you can (laughs) email us at we just like to talk at gmail.com we also have a facebook page we just like to talk yeah and follow like subscribe share this episode with your friends who are crafty or not crafty maybe they're you know interested in getting into something we always appreciate the love yeah i hope this conversation has maybe inspired people to pick up that project that they've been leaving (laughs) on their shelf for a little bit and ah, i just i love talking to you about this stuff you have always stimulated my creativity becky and and i know that i often do the same for you and I, I love having a friend like you where it's like, you know, crafting is something we do for us and we're good at it, but we're also like, it's not, you know, it's, it's a lower key part of our personalities. And, and I'm glad that that's something you and I share. I totally agree, Miss Cara. I love that we both value it and, you know, we both craft things for each other as well. 